0: Supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does
1: happen. AM 1420, WBSM presents
2: Spooky South Coast with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa.
3: Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with not the silent assassin, Matt Costa, because, hey, it's way too early for him to be out of work. It's way too early for all of us to be out of work. But I do have with me science advisor, Matt Moniz. How's it going, Moniz?
4: It, it's going. It's going.
3: It's a little bit of a strange night for us. We are here in primetime talking about the paranormal. Normally, we're on Saturday nights from 10 to mi- Well, about 10 to midnight. That's why we're a little bit late getting started here. There's, there's a lot to set up with this show. And yes, there is. We have our good friend, Dave Francis, joining us here in the studio for the first time. Glad you could make it down, Dave. It's only well, been about can, seven years.
0: Yeah, I'm glad I could make it down, too. It's
3: and now you see what it is that we have to set up to put this show on. I'm never picking on you guys in the <laughs> chat ever again. <laughs> it's, ever. We've got the podcasting going over here. We've got the spooky TV going on on SpookySouthCoast.com. If you want to see inside the studio, you just have to go to SpookySouthCoast.com and click on the live show tab there, and you can access the show's video feed, as well as the chat room, where you can interact with everybody. Hi to everybody in the chat room tonight. We got Nate holding down the fort. I saw John in there. So we're getting a good little group going, even though you're here.
0: They miss me, don't
3: they? Yeah, I'm sure they do. You miss do. me, guys? And uh, tonight, we're going to be having a, a different type of show, because we're on in prime time. We're going to be talking first with our, our first guest, Alex Hedge, is going to be talking to us about Paranormal Unity. Uh, And a new group that he has started up, well, it started up a little while ago, that we're going to talk about the concept of paranormal unity. Uh, For those who are unaware and listening to the show, maybe for the first time, all these paranormal investigators that are out there now, this big influx of people who investigate the paranormal that you see on TV uh, and who are actually out there every day, uh, every weekend in the field, there's not always a harmonious relationship from group to group. So that's been a big problem in furthering this field So we're going to talk with that, uh, talk about that with Alex in a minute And then later on in the program we have Wayne Morrison From the Rock for Christmas Foundation Who's going to be joining us And I know normally we have Wayne on in November But it's like what's Wayne doing on co- coming on in July Well Rock for Christmas in July Is coming up next Saturday In Onset at the Onset Band Show And it's going to be quite the show So we're going to have Wayne come on to talk to us about that, and also some of his rock star friends who will be performing in the show will be joining us. Uh, we're looking to be talking to some big names from the world of classic rock, hard rock. I don't want to give anybody away just yet, so stay tuned for that later on. Of course, Dave, we want you to chime in as well. You're, you're co-hosting with us tonight. so Ooh, Awesome. <laughs> He's like, wasn't expecting I, that. No, but, I thought
0: I was just going to watch. but uh, hey, that's Welcome we under the bus. <laughs> yeah,
3: you're part of the spooky crew now. All right, so why don't we get right into things then with our topic of discussion for tonight, that being Paranormal Unity. Our guest is Alex Hedge. He is the founder of Ghost Hunters United, which he started last year on September in September. So we're going to talk with him about the plan for that and about Paranormal Unity. Good evening, Alex. How are you?
5: good evening i'm doing great thank you for having me hey it's working
3: we can hear you (laughs) (laughs) that's great see unlike all these other ghost hunting groups that are out there and who uh have their own quote-unquote radio show meaning blog talk radio show we actually have to use real radio equipment on a real radio station so sometimes you know things don't really work out as well
5: well it's understandable like last week with the baseball game and everything
3: sure yeah i apologize for that and uh that's, that's that's what's problem. funny about this, is we make fun of, you know, we, we, we pick on these blog talk shows sometimes, but sometimes they have a lot less problems than we do getting through a two-hour show, so I, I guess maybe I should keep my mouth
5: shut. Well, you know, it's, it's all understandable.
3: So, now, how did uh, how did the idea of, you know, we'll, we'll get a little bit into the background of how you got involved in the paranormal, but... When you decided to make that leap and get involved in the field, what made you think that paranormal unity was going to be the way to go? Because this is something that a lot of people have been trying to work on for a long time.
5: Well, you know, that, that's understandable. But you just get so sick and tired of seeing uh, groups fighting back and forth. You know, you see it on, on, uh, on Facebook and, and other, you know, social sites like that. Sure. But the thing is, it's not only SCM it. You know, it's, it's potential, you know, um, um, clients seeing it also Mm -hmm. and and they see it. They don't, they don't want to, to call in to have somebody come in, you know, and investigate their place. Uh, you know, you see it on TV also, you know, and it's just, you just get, you know, aggravated at seeing it. So, you know, me and my wife have both decided, you know, why not try to start up a unity and, and that's long time coming, and, you know, hopefully it, it, it takes off. Hopefully more groups join. And, you know, I mean, it's just, um, I think it's time.
3: Well, I, I want to ask you this, and I, I don't mean this to be insulting to you in any manner, but how long have you been involved in the paranormal field itself? The field itself, about four years. Okay. And in that four years, have you seen some of these other, because I know that they're, they're there, they just might not have come across your radar. Have you seen some of these other... Organizations that have popped up and, and tried to, to go the paranormal unity route.
5: Um, as soon as I started this, then I started seeing. It. Sure, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like uh, uh, going out and buying a brand new car, and then you know, you buy that brand new car, and then all of a sudden you start seeing them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's basically well, that way. So, I, yeah. I think.
3: Well, hold on, though, though. You know, when you're buying a blue car and then, you you know, say you go out and buy a blue Nissan and then you go out and you see a lot of blue Nissans, those blue Nissans are, are running just as well as the blue Nissan you just bought. How many of these paranormal groups are saying, hey, I tried that same thing, but I couldn't do it? I mean, you're, you're you're looking at the equivalent of seeing the same car you bought broken down on the side of the road 50 times.
5: Well, you know, I mean, I hope we can do it. I really do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not giving up. Um, you know, it, you work on something so hard, down to work. Sure. And 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 I, and I hope it does. I really do. You know. I mean, we've got been working on it for so long. You know, every day it's 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 just work, work, work. Every day you're trying to get more people in to become united.
3: Now, I don't mean to sound discouraging. I'm just you know kind of playing devil's advocate here a bit because. It it has been attempted so many times. Uh, So what is the format, then, that you're using to kind of unify these groups? Is it just a matter of trying to intercede where you see a a problem where they don't get along? Is it encouraging groups to share evidence? Uh, What what is the foundation of Ghost Hunters United and how you plan on bringing them all together?
5: You know, if you come on our side, you know, that is, we have never once had, you know, any any arguments between any teams that are on our side. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and that's what we represent. Don't argue. You know, if if there's an issue, then then we'll do our best to resolve it. You know, I mean, it's like, um...
1: but
3: in doing that, though, aren't you, um, aren't you almost kind of putting judge and jury on yourself?
5: Basically, yeah. Okay. Not not not, not judge, not not jury. Okay, I guess it came out the wrong way. You know, we, we have more um, more
3: moderator maybe than, than anything else.
5: Yeah, yeah. You know, more of a moderator, and you know, instead of fighting, you know, I mean, you see it all the time, and, and you just you just want to kind of calm it, try to make things a little more easier. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like it's like with, with teams that have a lot of experience. You know, years and years of experience. And it's happened to me before when we first started, you know. Um, you know, it's just saying how good they are and, and how much better they are. Why don't they just try to help, help other teams, you know, that that, that need help? You know, when we first started out, we uh, we had an issue. You know, we had a problem with, with something, and, and we asked another team for help. And their exact words was, you know, if, if, if you have to ask that question, you don't need to be in – The field, you know, and and if you know so much, help.
3: Right. I mean, but I guess it all depends on the the personality of the person or the personality collectively of the group that you're dealing with. I'm sure there's plenty out there that are willing to help and are willing to assist. Uh, But at the same time, you, you, I suppose, even though nobody is or should be making money off, say, paranormal investigations. The fact is that each group is kind of its own business. And in, in, in business, they don't really share secrets with one another. I mean, McDonald's doesn't tell you know, Wendy's how to make the secret sauce. That's true.
4: You're looking at this in the wrong venue. You should be looking at it. These aren't groups as a business. These are charities.
3: No, but I'm saying these are the way that they're looking at it. They're looking but at it that's as protecting what their that's investment. the
4: problem is. It's, these aren't a business. This should be a charity.
3: But also... It does bear some sort of uh, uh, weight to say, well, maybe you shouldn't be doing it if you don't know. You know, Maybe the fact that you don't know Just like this a particular bit of information means that you're not quite ready yet.
4: Well, like I said, same thing with the charity. You don't start up a charity for something if you don't have an idea what it's about.
5: Correct? That's true. Everybody runs into issues. Everybody runs into problems. I don't care if you've been in the business for 10 years. You always run into issues, always have Mm -hmm. questions. You know, and and, and why can't we just lean on each other for this? You know, why why can't we help each other?
3: I'm sure that there's some degree of uh, competition among some of these groups. I mean, obviously, you know, if you're trying to reach out to the other group that's in your area and trying to get them to share, it might be a lot harder than, say, if you're asking a group, Eight states away to help you out. I mean, do you find that a lot of these groups that are willing to get on board and and, and be part of this united effort, you're getting one from a region, one from another region, or are you getting clusters of them in certain
5: areas? Um, you know, we, we've got. I, I live in Kentucky, and we we've got a group uh, from a nearby uh, town in Portsmouth, Ohio. Um, you know, but but right, you know, it has it taken a while to get groups to join. You know, I mean, they're they're not all just all of a sudden swamping in. Sure. You know, because I, I don't have the money to go out there and, and put advertisements on every single website. You know, I mean, you know, everything I make goes on, on the website and goes on uh, our equipment to Ghost hunt. You know, so, I mean, you know, we just don't have, you know, to put out commercials. I think that, that it, what the word gets out, like for your show, for instance, Hopefully, we get more members in, more members willing to help other, you know, other investigators.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, when you say the money that you have coming in, um, are you talking about like your own personal money? Are you, or are you raising money yes. under the banner of Ghost Hunters United?
5: No, no, okay. no. I have it. No, I have not at all. You know, and the money that I personally make mm-hmm. goes in to Ghost and it goes into our equipment.
3: But, I mean, it may not be a bad idea to pursue an avenue where those teams that are associated with Ghost Hunters United could each contribute, you know, a few dollars to helping spread the word of Ghost Hunters United. Therefore, everybody's kind of a partner in it, and that gives them a reason to help promote it. And as long as, you know, you're very upfront with where the money is going and how it's being used, then, uh, you know, it's a real grassroots way of, of getting the word out there, and everybody would feel like they're a part of it.
5: Well, you know, but then on the other other hand, you know, I'm afraid that, that maybe they'll start thinking that, you know, that that I'm taking the money from that for personal reasons.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: You, you know, and, and I've seen that a lot with, with other websites. Websites don't last long once you start asking for money from people. That's and true. I'm not like that.
3: Uh, we have Dave Francis here. He's a, a longtime independent investigator, uh, and, he, and he's been joining us on a few of these shows lately. Where we've been talking about a lot of these topics, and I think Dave has a question for you.
0: Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, the question I had, um, if there were to be some type of you know funding that's coming in for this, especially if you're looking for unity, are you going to be able to fund and be able to help other teams to get up to the same bar as everybody else? So you're using some type of a standard, the same type of equipment.
5: I hope so, I hope so in the future. Now everybody's entitled to what they want to use, but I hope so in the future. You know that that we do have uh, teams that are are donating to the what used equipment, whatever. You know, I mean, I don't have the finances right now to do it, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, but in the future, I would, I would love to start seeing things come in, and then when a team needs help, I can help. Them. You know, we can help them.
1: Now, I you
3: think, know, what I mean, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go 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 ahead. Well, I was just going to throw the phone lines open if uh, if anybody wanted to call in uh, with any questions that they may have for our guest Alex Hedge, uh, 508-996-0500, 1-877-996-1420. Those are the numbers. You can also email us spookycrew at Spooky Crew at spookysouthcoast dot com or jump in the chat room at spookysouthcoast.com. dot com. And the numbers are up on the website as well too, uh, if you need them repeated during the course of the discussion. Uh, you're right though. Money is where things would especially start to get hairy. Um, when you're trying to do something for this reason, to try to bring everybody together, you, you know, that sends up kind of a red flag when you're asking for money, because it's like, oh, well, you're trying to get so many people involved and line your own pockets.
5: Yeah, but, and you, you know how, I mean, you know, you know how expensive it is to run these websites, and you know how expensive it is
1: to, sure. to, to
5: build them, you know, but but that's, that means nothing to me right now. What means anything to me is the members coming in, you know, for Unity.
3: Now, have you done any kind of demographic profiling on on the groups that are getting involved? I mean, do you kind of have a handle on what types of groups are are joining in the effort? I mean, are you getting a lot of long time, long existing groups, and I'm talking like pre 2004, pre Ghost Hunters types groups, or is it kind of a lot of ones that have come along lately in in the later part of you know the the 2010s?
5: I haven't done any any type of uh, of research on that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that has has been on my mind to to start. Um, But no, no, not not yet Um, Because
3: it it seems to me that a lot of the basis of the bitching in the paranormal community Is these older groups and older researchers who have been around for a while Who are kind of taking offense to these, you know, the post-TV groups That have risen up and decided that they want to get out there and do it Because they see it every Wednesday and Friday night
5: Yeah, but you know what they're really complaining about? The big issue is 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 seeing these people on TV screaming and yelling at spirits, you know, um, and actually.
4: No, it's screaming and yelling at each other.
5: Yeah, that too. That That's true, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, they don't represent, they're not only representing themselves, they're representing everybody.
3: See, I, you know, I used to feel the same way that you do, Alex, about that. I used to feel like when Jason and Grant or. Zach Bagans or any of these people are on TV. You're not just representing yourself. You're not just representing your group. You're representing all people within the field. But that's like saying every scheming, backstabbing, bitchy barista on Survivor represents all baristas. You know what I mean? They're just doing what they can to win their million dollars and, Or or I don't even know what they give away on Survivor. Is it a million dollars? I think so. so. I don't know. So they're just doing what they can do to to get their prize. And and that's kind of what those who are involved in paranormal television are doing. They're just doing what they need to do to keep their show successful. We can't really uh, hold them responsible for an entire field of people no more than we can hold, you know, anybody else that's in a position on TV and responsible for an entire field of people.
4: Or take professional sports as one bad person that, you know. Well, but,
3: but, but professional yeah. sports is a little bit different because professional sports are an affiliated organization amongst people who are all tied in together. And, and, this and a is, union. this is what's Hold going on. to lead into and, what I was talking about. And there's about. a commissioner involved who lays down the rules for that. And that's, that goes into what I was arguing about with Chris Balzano a few weeks ago about having such an organization for the paranormal.
4: And this is what I was going to bring up. Unfortunately, you're not going to have any unity in the paranormal First and foremost, until it gets standardized. Once it is standardized and you have a set code of ethics that is accepted, and, th- and only until then, that is when you will have unity. Because it's mandated. It's ordered. You will act in this particular professional manner. You will do this, this, then this, and this. Not necessarily saying... This is how you're going to conduct investigations, although you, uh, uh, a standardized SOP that is practiced and a, uh, accepted won't hurt either. But there should be a moral code of ethics that should be established first off and, and, and accepted by all groups that want to be considered credible.
3: Uh, I'm going to say this, Moniz, and, and I mean this in the best possible way because you know I love you. <laughs> but you're a much better chemist than you are a sociologist. You're coming from the perspective of somebody who is looking at the science end of this supposedly scientific field. The problem isn't in the science. The problem's in the personalities. The problem's in the and people. And there aren't personalities in science? Let me take you to my laboratory for that's, a day. But that's fine. But this is the problem that Alex is talking about, I'm assuming, Alex, where you're, where you're seeing a lot of these problems, it's not necessarily in – you know what a, uh, to some degree I'm sure it is but it's not just the equipment that's being used or the evidence that's being captured as much as it is just a clash of personalities and it's probably jealousy more than anything else well
5: yes yes you know you can have you can have two hundred dollars worth of, of equipment and another team can have ten thousand dollars worth of equipment and you know what I mean me personally i I prefer an audio recorder mm-hmm you know, personally, it, you know, it's just, I see it, you know, and, and I know you all do too, that they think they're better than anybody else because they've got all this equipment. But the, right. all that equipment ain't going to do you no know, good if you don't know how to use it.
3: Right. And all that equipment won't do you any good if the stuff that you capture on it isn't going to be understood and accepted by those you're trying to present it to.
5: Exactly.
3: I and mean, there's... there's... I I just don't understand how investigators can go out with the mentality anymore of they're going to be the ones to capture that one piece of evidence that's going to change everybody's mind. It's it's not going to happen. So looking at these groups uh, that, that are, are getting involved, I mean, do they seem enthusiastic to be part of this unity movement or do they seem like hesitant, almost like, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll dip my toe in that water and we'll see what happens because I'm sure a lot of these groups have – been involved in some of these other unity movements in the past
5: we we have a lot that is very enthusiastic in it
1: mm-hmm.
5: um, you know I mean you know I work a full-time job my wife sure' a full-time job um, you know we've got so many things that we need to do to the website you know um, you know sort like, like like write-up things you know sure um, but you know it's just it just takes takes time to do it
3: yeah just in looking at the site, I mean, it looks like it's kind of set up in a, a social media networking type of format Yes sir, and the you know the idea behind that being of course, that if you can get people to interact socially, then maybe they'll they'll get along. but <laughs> as we see on we had a whole episode about this a few weeks ago with yeah. Dave, where it seems like uh when you, you you can almost make it so that people can hide behind their computer against each other too is there have there been incidents yet where you've had some sniping and things that you need to get in there and, and kind of step in between?
5: No. No
3: not once. Excellent.
5: Not once.
3: Well I mean I so, suppose too so that fighting. I mean that speaks to the environment that you're creating. You know, people probably go into this understanding this isn't the place for that. Right. They're just going on those person's Facebook page and doing it instead. <laughs> <laughs> what
5: they do there is fine, I guess. Sure, yeah. But, you know.
3: Now, what what is probably the biggest stumbling block going forward besides, you know, just getting the word out and letting people know that you're there. But what do you see as the biggest stumbling block going forward with trying to expand the reach of Ghost Hunters United?
5: It'll probably be financial.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: That would probably be the biggest stumbling block. Would be um, you know, getting enough uh, uh, finance for you know, to reach everybody and to have them to come in.
3: Have you given any thought to approaching or maybe you have and have you approached any of the quote unquote paranormal celebrities and asked them to get involved and get behind it?
5: We do have Scott Tipperman from uh, GHI. Uh, he he has joined our, our website.
3: Well, so the the hope being that, you know, maybe some of the people that follow him will see that he's part of this movement and get involved and uh, but that is a double-edged sword though because some of the people that are involved in this United movement might actually have a problem with people who are profiting off the paranormal in such a way.
5: I haven't ran into that yet. I mean, you know, okay. look, we, we don't, we don't care if, 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 they're on TV, you know, that's not the big complaint. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? We, we just stated, we just talked about this, what the big issue is. And, and it is about fighting with each other that are on TV, yelling and screaming, you know, at, at the spears and at each other. Um, and, and he's never had that. I've never seen, seen him you know in an argument
3: with anybody on on ghi you know and i just want to go back to something that you just said and that's the idea of it seems like you're putting out the idea that it's not acceptable to yell at spirits in an investigation and it seems to be something that i'm hearing a lot lately people have a problem with the confrontational investigative style is that is that kind of what you're hearing from your membership too
5: basically yes um i i I guess if it's, I guess if it's you know a a a, a, a bad spirit that you know throws somebody off of a, a two story building or whatever, and, and you're trying to get it to do it to you, well, it's fine yell at it. If you want to throw you off two story building, go for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: You know, but but actually, sitting there yelling and it, because you're not getting no information, you're not getting nothing. You know, they're not giving you anything. You're going to yell and scream at them to try to get them to. No, that's not
1: right. But sometimes...
5: Haven't they done enough? Haven't they done enough? I mean, they're dead. Have they done enough?
3: Well, I mean, not to belittle anybody who's passed on, but they're only dead. It's not like they've entered sainthood just because they passed on to the other side. Does that mean that they're above reproach because they've just moved into a different
5: form? I don't know. I mean, I don't... I mean, I'm just saying... I just think it's inappropriate. I just think it's inappropriate. And a lot of people think it's inappropriate.
3: Well, a lot of people think it's inappropriate to yell at a living person too. <laughs> we still have to do it sometimes, and on an it, investigation, it, sometimes it you have to do it too.
5: You do if they're if if, if they're having a confrontation with you. You do. But if if the spirit isn't giving you anything, and you're like, "Well, look, let's uh, let's provoke it to try to get it to," and you start yelling and screaming, I just don't find that appropriate.
3: We'll agree to disagree. I've I've done it. I've had success with it, and I will say, granted, you know, usually when I'm Using that approach, I end up with a negative spirit <laughs> responding to me. Sometimes it's the same one. Yeah. No matter where I am,
4: upstairs, downstairs, choking him up against the wall and beating the snot out of
5: him. Right. Well, he got what he asked for, it, right?
3: And but because I don't think that a, the idea of an investigation necessarily is to make friends with the spirit; it's to document the spirit's presence. And if that's what it takes to let the homeowner know that yes, there is indeed something here, or if that's what it takes, you know, when you're in a, a a more public location to document the activity that's there, then that's what it takes. I mean, there's sometimes kid gloves have to come off in, in any kind of confrontation. That being said, you shouldn't go in there and, you know, it road rage be, all over the place. Yeah. But. It shouldn't be your
4: sole method.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it might be my soul. <laughs> method, but that's just for that one particular spirit. He I'm talking
4: it. soul. S O L E.
3: Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, these are just the kind of things that I'm sure come up in discussion amongst your members all the time. I'm sure there's a lot of this debate going on between different approaches, different techniques, and the more discourse there can be amongst those, then the more different ideas can get spread around, right? Yes, sir. Is there, uh, in, in your site plans, do you have any plans to start cataloging some of these ideas and maybe coming up with this accepted standards and procedures that Moniz is talking about amongst your members?
5: That That is in the future, yes.
4: May I make a recommendation? Yes, sir. Head to MUFON's uh, website. They have a whole outline of how people and individuals are supposed to act. You may be able to parrot some of that stuff right off of them, and they actually encourage it for other groups to, to follow their example. That's a standardized uh, group that's accepted in all of the states, actually in various countries around the world. This is kind of the way you might want to borrow from something that's already working.
3: Okay. And and I say facetiously all the time to to people who are trying to come up with this list of standard operating procedures for investigating the paranormal. I'm always like, well, rule number one, make sure you all have the matching (laughs) T-shirts. You know, rule number two, make sure you have the stick-on magnet logos for your cars. Yeah, you know, but uh, but beyond beyond those two obvious ones, what are some of the <laughs> the, the ideas? What are some of the serious uh, ideas that you think should be part of a standard operating procedure for investigating?
5: Well, I mean, well, for, for one, I mean, I, I don't think you should take your cell phone in with you. Okay, uh, that I, I believe would interfere with equipment. Um.
3: So many people these days are trying to use their cell phone as part of their equipment.
5: Well, like, uh, what's it called? The ghost radar.
3: Ghost radar, which is bunk. But, uh-huh. you know, like Bill Chappell's putting out, you know, iPhone software and the iOvilus and, and, and different software, and now he's working on Android versions.
5: Let's see, I didn't know that.
3: So, I mean, that might be, you know, that might have some value, but, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Keep it away from all the other equipment.
5: Right, right. Um. Well, you ask the questions, don't you? <laughs> that's why we're on the air.
1: Yeah, we're not. We're not. Uh, I uh,
5: didn't get in the flight plan or anything.
3: <laughs> well, that's we don't do interviews here. That's why we have conversations. That's our that's our approach. We try to look at it as being you know let's let's talk organically and discuss it. I mean, no, that's fine. If if you don't, I mean, if you haven't put thought to it yet, you know, that's fine. It should be something that comes organically out of your community it should be right. something that everybody's working on together. No. I, I just was just trying to pick your brain a little bit just to kind of see you know what your thoughts are. I know one of my thoughts are when 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 on an investigation there should be absolutely 100% don't get mad at me Dave. No smoking on an investigation oh, that's at good all. One.
5: That's a good one.
3: I don't even like when we do we have, we have a company called Legend Trips where we bring groups of people to historic haunted locations, and, you know, we'll have 30, 40, 50, 60 people at these events, and they all want to take a cigarette break in between. Well, now you come back in smelling like a cigarette. Somebody smells, you know, tobacco. Is it you or is it a spirit? You can't tell anymore. So I, well, we, I,
5: we actually ran on uh, an investigation doing that. Somebody was outside smoking, and it was coming in. Mm-hmm. And we're uh, like, oh, did y'all smell that? It smells like uh, a tobacco, a cigarette smoke, or whatever. And then all of a sudden they came back in, and hey, guess what? That's
3: what it was. Right. And that's, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. I mean, I know that people smoke, and I'm not going to stop them from doing it, even though I think they shouldn't. But definitely not on an investigation. You shouldn't be anywhere near it. And
4: uh, No tar heroin either.
3: Yeah, black tar heroin, no. <laughs> yeah. That's a no-no. And, and well, That's one of the other things, too, that I have a problem with is I notice that a lot of people, they like to go to mind-altering substances to try to get into a different...
4: Like bath salts.
3: <laughs> well, let's not go that far. <laughs> but but some, some people do like to try to, you know, maybe partake in a little marijuana before they conduct an investigation because it opens up their senses. Uh, but I think it you also kind You do that of, on your own time. Yeah, it kind of dumbifies you, too. I've seen some people, when they do it, that uh, they wouldn't be in a state investigating their own sock drawer for another bag, <laughs> let alone a ghost. Yeah, yeah. You, just just nah,
5: do yeah. that on your own time.
3: Now, what, what's your theory on bringing a psychic or a sensitive into an investigation?
5: That's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. That's perfectly fine. I have no issues with that whatsoever. So,
3: and it, it's just kind of like another tool in the toolbox. Is how we look at it. Yeah,
5: yep, I, I agree. I have no issues with that. A lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You know, it's your team. Make your own decisions when it comes to that. But me personally, I, I would love to have one on our team.
3: Uh, my favorite is the groups who are against it because they're like, well, how does it look to the client? How does it look to the client? And I try to explain to them, most clients would listen to a spirit medium or a psychic well before they would listen to a paranormal investigator.
4: Correct. Well, it's, yeah. Well, that's what most people see as a person that talks to spirits. Yeah, that's uh, a conduit uh, that's, to it. Yeah. That's what they see all the time on television, and that's what's been, you know, popular for literally hundreds of years. So. Seeing a, a medium it would not throw them off generally.
3: Now, Alex, you had some experiences in your younger days that led to your interest in this field, right? Yes, I did. Could you do you mind sharing some of those with us?
5: I, I, no, I, I don't mind. Um, you know, growing up, um, we moved to to a little house, uh, like a little um, was the farm a prairie, home. <laughs> you know, a little house on a prairie, yes, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, you know, it's just little things start moving around in the house.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, you know, we, we all stayed downstairs. It was two stories. Um, you start hearing things walking up and down the, you know, moving up and down the stairs, you know. Uh, and I had a little you remember Night Rider?
1: Oh yeah.
5: I had a little night rider car, wasn't remote control or anything. Sit on top of my dresser upstairs. It was just me and my brother home. And uh, we heard something hit the floor. And it sounded like it was rolling around. Something was rolling around. So we go upstairs and we see this little night rider car going around in circles, just just moving in circles. And we ran out the door. We sat outside on the porch until Dad got home. (laughs) We were scared to death. And uh,
3: well, the good news is the only thing that was was just the ghost of David Hasselhoff's career. That that,
5: that's cruel. That is cruel. Hey, I'm not the is. guy that
3: eats cheeseburgers on the floor, okay?
4: <laughs> the toilet. Being filmed by his I'm not daughter. doing
3: commercials for Cumberland Farms. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. I
1: didn't mean to interrupt that. No, no, story. no,
5: it's perfectly fine. Uh, my mother told me, uh, you know, it was, it was a while later after this, that uh, my cousin was shot and killed in the house in the living room. Oh, wow. Um, he was young, 12, 12, 13 years old at the time, I do believe. Um. And, you know, at the time, we didn't know. I didn't know. Dad did and Mom did.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But they didn't share it with you guys, yeah.
5: No. No, they didn't share it with us. Dad never had any experiences, you know, in the house. Um, but but the, the kids did. Mom did every once in a while. And then when me and the wife, uh, we got married, we moved into a, a renter's home. And a lot of activity, you know, doors slamming shut when, when, when they weren't even open. You know, the sound of doors slamming.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Never seen the door slam. You know, the sounds of doors slamming, walking up and down the hallways, uh, uh, people talking when there's nobody around. Um, we were laying in bed, you know, talking, and this orb appeared above us, the size wow. of, a, of a soccer ball. And it sat there, and then all of a sudden, it moved slowly across the ceiling and out the wall. It was no it wasn't no headlight or anything, I mean because it was perfectly round,
3: but it was along the wall or it was kind of floating in the air
5: it was it was floating uh in the air
3: three-dimensional spherical
5: Yes, it was, right off the wall it went Wow, and uh you know after that, you know we we started talking, you know I mean that was several years ago mm-hmm. um, you know we we started our own thing.
3: So you started a group then doing investigations following that?
5: Not, not following that. You know, it was, it was about four years ago is when we started, you know, uh, doing our investigating. But, uh, you know, after we, we, we talked about it and everything, you know, then we wanted to find out what actually was going on. Um, I, I still wanted to go back to the house that I grew up in. Sure. And, and talk to them. I drove by a while back ago and they had a little girl playing out in the front yard, and I was afraid to actually, you know, go knock on the door
3: and be like, hey, is there anything going on here? Right. No. I mean, it's it's something that I'm going through myself, trying to get into a location that I used to uh, have experiences when I was younger. Let, let me ask you this. Yes. Try to take a step back. Put yourself in the shoes of the person who had these experiences when you first moved into that house with your wife. Now, from the eyes and the mind of of that person, what would you be looking for if you had called somebody in for an investigation? What 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 type of approach would you want those people to have?
5: Well, I mean, you know, knowing that you had, uh, uh, the sounds of walking, people talking, you know, you'd go in there and you'd, you'd set up, uh, a uh, listener for, you know, people walking in the hallway, you know, noises like that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, try to get several EVPs, you know, do EVP sessions. And,
3: see, because I think that's what's kind of key. Is When you're trying to come up with an operating procedure and a plan of attack for an investigation, it's, you can't look at how things have developed over the last you know, four years of investigating. You have to kind of look at what it was before you got involved in it because a lot of the stuff that we are experiencing when we're out there in the field, our eyes and our ears kind of glaze over a little bit with it because it's, it, it happens all the time now. You know, catching a lot of the stuff on EVP, say, happens all the time. So we don't really pay as much attention to it. So when you're coming up with this list of ideas and, and procedures, you want to kind of remember what it was like to be on the other side of it and what it was that, you know, that side of, of the equation is looking for.
5: Right, right. That's understandable. And You know, I mean, when I'm at a location, I like I like to sit back for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and I like to just listen, you know. I mean, if it takes an hour, it takes an hour just to sit back and listen.
3: Do so you feel you know, like you're acclimated to the surroundings?
5: Yes. You know, let it all come, come to you.
3: Is, is there, uh, when you're doing that though, uh, and you're trying to kind of become aware of the surroundings, do you worry a little bit though, that that might be wasted time in, in drawing out the spirit or that, you know, that when you're first there, that might be when they want to first communicate.
5: Um, that would be my guess. I mean, you know, it's, is you know, listening to seeing what's going on around you.
3: Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, but, maybe they want to get to know you first, too, before they talk to you.
5: Well, that could be possible where you could be listening for uh, other sounds that are around the building, you know, mm-hmm. the location, uh, train in the, in the background, you know, uh, noises of vehicles driving past.
3: Right. Pipes expanding and air conditioners yeah. coming on. Yeah.
5: You know, because if you're in the middle of it and you start hearing these things, and you're like, oh, did you hear that? Oh, did you hear that? Well, guess what? I already know what it is.
3: it is. And it's funny, too, that, you have to kind of be aware of, you know, people do research into the history of a location, say a house, but they don't really put two and two together in terms of how that house is constructed. You know, they'll, they'll have the whole backstory for a house built in 1875, but they won't understand what an 1875 house means. In 2012, for example, when Moniz and I investigate Lizzie Borden's house, there's uh, invariably always a time when there's a huge temperature spike or drop, and everybody all freaks out, and we have to tell them, no, 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 hold your thermometers up to that register that's in the ceiling or in the floor, because this is an old house, and there's a big whoosh of air that has to heat and cool these rooms. Right. So, well, now... We talked a little bit about your site. Of course, it's v 3ghosthuntersunitedcom com, and I'm sure if you yeah. just search Ghost Hunters United on Google, your site is, is going to be the first to come up.
5: Uh, yeah, you know, you don't have to put the v3. Just go, you know, and type in uh, oh, okay. ghosthuntersunited.com, com, and it'll come up.
3: Perfect. And so now, uh, I mean, how many how many members are you up to on there? Do you know the, the current
5: numbers? Uh, as as of right now, no, I believe it was like 250. We had a big storm last night It took the internet out.
1: Oh, that's terrible. So, yeah,
5: I haven't been on it. <laughs> how, can
3: you, how can you live without it? And I'll
5: tell you, it's driving me crazy.
3: And now, so that's 255 individuals, right? Uh, yes. So that could be like multiple individuals from the same group.
5: Um, we'll see if they open up a page. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can have a profile and you can open a page for your whole group. Okay. Okay. Now, the pages are counted also. And I believe there's like maybe eight
3: Eight or ten pages. So what we do is we need to have make sure that there's more groups still though to get involved. We need to have as many groups as possible get involved and and take part in Ghost Hunters United. And they can do that by going to the website. It's free to sign up and free to join. And uh, and Alex promises, of course, that if he does sell all your information out to groups, he'll give you a cut. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You, you don't you don't pass on anybody's information, of course, right?
5: No, I do not. Um, and you know, I mean. Everything on our website is free. You know I mean? Everything, our, our ads start out at a dollar a week. You know what I mean? And that helps a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, uh, we just installed an arcade for the members.
3: Because um, people don't waste enough time on the internet, sure.
5: <laughs> yeah, sure. Might as well just play the arcade, right? Yeah. How about that, it? That's always fun.
3: <laughs> How about a
4: place for peer review?
5: A place for what?
4: peer review in other words your group or an individual here's what i've got at this location your opinions please
5: i guess that would be in
3: forums sure like like we have dave and i started something on facebook called paranormal peer review where we encourage people to post audio pictures video Mm -hmm. and the community can can kind of go in there and do that do you guys have a centralized spot yeah yeah
5: you can uh upload your videos upload your pictures they and that comments down below that,
3: and they go on your personal page, or is there a general page where people can post them up and everybody in the community would see them?
5: Um, everything that is posted anywhere on the website goes straight on the feed in the on the front page. Okay, so everybody will be able to to view it also. But also, you know, you've got um you've got a tab in the main menu that says uh, EVPs. Um, click on it, and it'll bring up all the EVPs that's ever been uploaded to to the website. Same thing with photos. You know, you, you click on the photos tab, bring up all the pictures. Okay. Um, you know, and, and if people want to come in uh, and sell some stuff, you know, their their used equipment or, or you know, whatever they want to post, you know, we've got a spot, um, which is, you know, it's our marketplace, and we don't charge for people to, to post in our market. It's 100% free. Excellent. So like, it's
3: like Facebook, Craigslist? paranormal peer review all rolled into one
5: yep every bit
4: of it <laughs> right. and apparently ebay
3: <laughs> so ebay charges yeah that's true ebay yeah. does it takes a cut yeah. and uh so now hopefully uh you know the next time that we have you back on the show to talk you know the numbers will expand exponentially we'll help get the word out there for you and and uh, people can get behind this and don't don't be jaded by all the other paranormal unity movements that have been out there and and not take a chance on this one because it, it sounds like you're in it for the right reasons
5: Thank you very much. I Just do appreciate. me a favor.
3: Don't dis- don't get discouraged when, when it doesn't happen as quickly as you hope.
5: Yeah, well, it is taking a little bit, but, you know, I mean, every day we have new members. And w- we love our members, you know, and, and that's what it's all about, is getting the groups in. Right. So.
3: All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Alex Hedge, Paranormal Unity, in its at its finest, GhostHuntersUnited.com. Thanks so much for joining us.
5: Thank you for having me. Have a great night. You too. bye
3: All right, so there you have it. I mean, it's something that we have talked about quite a bit here on the show. We've talked about the idea of paranormal unity, whether or not it can happen. And every time we hear somebody, you know, you do hear that enthusiasm behind it, and then you just hope, like, please stick with it. Oh, exactly.
0: I wish him nothing but the best. I really do. If he can find the formula that finally connects the dots or whatever, then... All the power to them. I, and it's, him I to think rest. if you can
3: get the right people getting behind you from the ground floor, then you got a chance. And It sounds mm-hmm. like they do have a chance. All right. Well, we are coming up on the news. When we come back on the other side, we will be joined by Wayne Morrison of the Rock for Christmas Foundation to talk about Rock for Christmas in July happening next Saturday at the Onset Bandshell in Onset, Massachusetts. Come check it out. It's a free show. Joey Mullen from Badfinger, Terry Alouz from XYZ, Stet Howland of Wasp, and of course, Wayne Morrison and the Rock for Christmas All-Stars will all be there. So we'll talk about that in a few. Stay tuned here on Spooky South Coast. Welcome to Spooky
5: South Coast. Look, I
0: know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it doesn't.
2: AM 1420, WBSM presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa.
3: Welcome back. Our number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the science advisor, Matt Moniz, as well as our guest co-host for tonight, Dave Francis. You know him as Low Battery Dave in the chat room. And am uh, always low. And he's hanging out with us tonight And we have joining us in the studio Our good friend from the Rock for Christmas Foundation We have Wayne Morrison here to talk about good evening and welcome Christmas oh, I, I keep forgetting that I'm using a
6: recorded version I wanted of the to say good evening That works too You got record it recorded for me
3: <laughs> So it seems weird to be talking to you Well I mean we talk to you all year round But to have you on the show talking this, about Rock for Christmas here is at like the is like the warmest
6: November I can remember
3: <laughs> And it's also probably Uh you know, you're probably sweating it out, not just from the heat either, but because uh, we are a week away from a huge show that's going to be happening at the Onset Band shell in Onset, Massachusetts, right down there on the beach, right before the fireworks. It, you're taking what's already a very good day and giving people a reason to spend the whole day down in Onset with a, a fantastic show.
6: Absolutely. It's, uh, this is a new ground for us doing this Christmas in July thing, but uh, put it together with all hometown people mm-hmm. and... Uh, it's kind of exciting to have everybody coming in and, and performing with us.
3: And I know that it's something that you've wanted to do for a long time. You want to spread that good cheer of Rock for Christmas across the entire year. I mean, it's it's great when we can get people excited for helping out needy families at Christmas time. But we want to remember that, you know, being able to supply them with a good holiday season starts long before November or December.
6: Yeah, well, I've been doing this year-round for, for many years mm-hmm. now. Um, but this is our 16th season starting a little bit early, so... And- no better way to do it than in your own uh, hometown, right? Absolutely. And to be able to give back in, in my hometown. Timmy, you know we've been working at this together for a long time too, but uh, always somebody steps up in another part of the country or, sure. you know, wants us. And we were fortunate enough to be close enough to my hometown to be in New Bedford last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, but actually I grew up in Wareham and, and spent a lot of time in Onset. So so to be able to perform at the band Shell, that's a pretty cool thing.
3: I was going to say, too, personally, on a personal note, to be able to get up there in front of people that you grew up with, you know, and people that might not realize. I'm getting a
6: chill right now. It's, yeah, it's no, like people like are going to really say, cool. wow,
3: Wayne is one heck of a bass player. Let me tell you.
6: Oh, They're not going to be saying that, but they're going to say Wayne knows the right company to keep. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're actually not a bad bass player. Well, thank you. I, I, thank I do. You. I,
3: and I, I always feel bad saying this, but I was really impressed the first time that I saw you play. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Because, you know, you've been Your telling me... Your
6: expectations were so low. You've been telling me for years how great
3: of a bass player you were. I figured you had to be full of it. When
6: did I ever say those words <laughs> don't come out of my mouth? I know, mouth. I'm kidding, I'm
3: kidding. <laughs> Wayne is actually... Uh, uh, not just a great friend to needy families in the area, but he's a great friend to musicians in the area, too. And he's always willing to help people out. And I know that he's donated his studio in the past to helping charitable events. And I know that he's willing to work one-on-one with, with area musicians and helping them get better. He's offered me lessons all the time. And,
6: well, and we were lucky enough to work together on that Rock Me Amadeus. We raised a little over $13,000, I think, that night for, for music education in New Bedford. That was,
3: and of course, uh, that was pretty cool. You know, we spent weeks rehearsing at Wayne's Spot. This guy over here behind my shoulder laying on the beach, Phil Peliologos, he just shows up and <laughs> plays air guitar.
6: <laughs> and he gets all the... What a great job he did, Yeah, too. he gets it all right the was in tune, wasn't he?
3: So he was, too. <laughs> and so uh, just the lineup is amazing. I mean, this, uh, to have a concert of this caliber come to Wareham alone is impressive. But then the fact that it's free on top of that. I mean, just some of the talent that you have coming.
6: Yeah, um, in a few minutes we're going to be talking with Stet Howland, who uh, spent many years in uh, in Onset and um, played with people such as Wasp and Blackfoot and uh, Lita Ford mm-hmm. and his local band that many people may remember Run Twenty One. Oh, so. yeah. oh yeah. So um, Stet's coming in as well as uh, Terry Loose from XYZ, who's been performing with Rock for Christmas for many years. And we're also backing up Joey Mullen from Badfinger, which has nice. many hits, Baby Blue, and Here It Is, Come and Get It, and Day After Day, and, and it, it No must, Matter What. And. You, you were talking
3: about you know, getting that chill down your spine playing in front of your hometown fans, but it must also feel that way to play with these great musicians i mean i know that i know that you're friends with them so when you're talking to them on the phone hanging out with them you know that's one thing but when you get up there and you get to actually play with them it must be like a dream come true oh yeah it is
6: it is definitely you know i'm i'm a kid from wareham and mm-hmm. and i get to have my rock star friends come in and perform and as you know we've uh, we've backed up eddie money many times mm-hmm. and pat travers and and this. rick garringer no but rick's a friend of mine so, some we of never these, got to back him up, but um, but we did it actually with Pat Travers. We did uh, rock and roll hoochie coo though. So some
3: of these uh, concerts that you put on too, I think people don't realize. You know, when you're going to a show and you're paying whatever you're paying to get into a ticket, you know, you, there's still going to be that distance between you and the performers. At these rock for Christmas shows, the ones that you do in the holiday time, especially, you know, you really have a chance to get up there. The guys hang out afterwards, they sign autographs, they meet the people. You know, it's 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 really like kind of your chance to, to hang out and party with rock stars.
6: Yeah, it, it is. They're, they're really down-to-earth people. They know why I'm calling them <laughs> when I call them, so the, and they've loaned themselves you know to Rock for Christmas for, for many years. A lot of these guys keep coming back year after year. And I think they really enjoy being able to mingle with, with my crowds that, that come for Rock for Christmas because everybody's there for the right reason. Mm-hmm. You know, so for them to be able to to make themselves available, I think they really enjoy it.
3: Now, kind of just a little bit of a, a background here, and I know we're waiting for, for Seth to call in, but a little bit of background. You've been doing this now. You said you've had 15 years already. You're in your 16th season. And in that time, you've worked with uh, so many great acts. And of course, you mentioned Terry, who is just... Always willing to help out with chair. He came and played Rock Me Amadeus, which was huge.
6: Yeah, that was very cool.
3: I mean, do you find when you're doing this, are you you ever surprised sometimes by just how much these guys are willing to give back? Because, you know, you you hear the stories about the rock and roll lifestyle and, and the way people live, but such philanthropists as yourself and, and all these guys, I mean, it really means something to the rock crowd.
6: It, it. I get choked up all the time. I mean, I can't believe these guys that I've been able to get into these circles, A, was kind of a little bit of a feat, I guess. Mm-hmm. But being there, it really humbles me to know how cool they really are. It was, you know, and it took a long time to get past the management and to sure. to, and to-, to get to know some of these people and and even at first, they thought, oh, you know, what's this guy getting out of it? And then as they spent more and more time around me, they realized, well, Wayne, he doesn't get anything out of it. He's doing it to help less fortunate families. And that really, I think, broadened yeah. the spectrum a little bit. And- You've
3: actually become a less fortunate family yourself and <laughs> helping all these less fortunate families.
6: Let's not go
1: there.
3: <laughs> no, but, I mean, you, we do have to recognize the amount of, of work that you put in during the course of the year and the amount of your own you know, funds that you put into making them successful. You all, you're always ending up on the hook for bringing these guys in and, and for, for having to put these shows on and that all you need is for people to come in, in December, buy the tickets, you know, and or come. bring the
6: toys at least. Sure. I'll, I'll let you into the show. Just bring the toys and, you know, bring some food items. Do something to help out, which is one of the big, please, even here in July, is bring a few canned food items sure. or go to the dollar store and, and get a few little toys and trinkets that we can, you know, fill, s- stuff some stockings with this fall and, yeah, all and the help s- less fortunate You families.
3: know, take $5 of the money that you were going to spend on buying st- snacks to bring with you to the fireworks and to the, you know, Rock for Christmas in July show and use that to put toward these families. Right. And now it's, it's not just the concert, of course. You've got uh, some other stuff going on. You've got a car and guitar show happening as well?
6: I do. Car, car, guitar, and motorcycle show. I'm, I'm hope. I'm actually looking for some more cars and guitars to. Uh, yeah, some, some more cars and motorcycles to come. I have plenty of guitars.
3: Well, if I come <laughs> down, I'll be on my bike, but it's nothing worth showing off. That's for sure. No, no.
6: A Schwinn. No, it's a, it's a Honda, but oh. it's, it's nothing special. Well, it's got a ripped up seat. Looks a little beat up, but. So we can, we can put together some new. Uh, Black duct tape for you. Absolutely. We'll tape it right we'll,
3: we'll duct tape it. We'll have the rock star sign it, and I'll tell people, well, I had autographs on it, so I have to have duct tape.
6: There you go. But Talk, uh, talk to Troy. He'll go straight to the tech box, and maybe <laughs> you can pick whatever color tape you want. you <laughs> get the whole variety.
3: Yeah. So now with putting this on, though, I mean, uh, it's going to be kind of sensory overload for people. It's going to be so much cool stuff. Guitars, motorcycles,
6: cars, rock stars,
3: female fans of rock stars. There's going to be quite a lot to look at. Well, you
6: know it is the beach yeah it is a summer day
3: just going going for that angle a little bit for those who who want that side of things it'll be happening
6: it it all it's all happening so we'll we'll have some sexy santas out there too selling some raffle tickets cool
3: you don't have to wear the full suit yourself do you because it's going to be a killer day
6: there you go I will not be wearing the full. Suits. I mean, I mean, the,
3: I mean, the real Santa is not going to be there. I don't. I don't mean to say that you San- dress up as Santa. Santa
6: won't be there. I won't be in the suit either. Sometimes I, I throw the suit on, without the beard to. Uh, See, I forget just, just to help promote. But
3: we're on in prime time tonight, so there might be some people listening that still believe in
6: Santa. But so. but uh, I will be donning a Christmas hat for, for a moment or four, and uh,
3: as long as you don't play in your speedo. No, that, that won't be helpful. <laughs> so everything kicks off at 10 a.m., uh, and, and it's just going to be an amazing day. From 10 to 12, you've got the car, guitar, motorcycle show, acoustic, acoustic folk rock, sorry, with Greg Harper. Then the actual rock for Christmas concert is from 12 to 4. Right. And,
6: and- we're going to uh, have Steve Lucky, Steve Lucky Dog Lutkey is going to uh, do a little acoustic set cool. too. Cool. Then um, my kid brother actually is going to be the first band and um, having Brucey play, that's a pretty cool thing for me, too.
3: Is this the first time that he's ever played at one of your shows?
6: No, it's not, but um, but for us, you know, playing Being together. Wareham and guys yeah, and, yeah. Sure. It, so that's pretty cool.
3: Of course, the, the downside of that, too, is, you know, when you're playing in front of your hometown crowd, you know, you're, you're probably a little bit more nervous than you might be some other times, too.
6: Yeah, I uh, if that
3: I, thought wasn't in your head, it is now. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>
6: so now you're gonna but have Bruce's band is Slingshot and they're they're playing around locally. So um so I'm excited to have him start it off and then uh the Rock for Christmas All Stars, which is me and Chris and David Ingram, Steve Massa, uh Nikki Testone, Tim McKenna's been helping us out with the vocals, Kyle Ingram. Uh, where the Rock for Christmas All-Stars will be backing up both Joey Mullin and Terry Loose. And then Stet will come on with his new band from, uh, up from Florida called 10,000 Views. Nice. They actually just have a five-song CD they put out, so they're gonna have that on hand, and, uh...
3: Well, one of the things that I wanted to mention is we were talking about you know just how how helpful and and how nice these guys have been in, in donating their time and everything. But they really are like super guys with their fans because you know through you I become friends with a lot of them on Facebook and I follow their adventures and everything. And and they're just so accessible to Do the people. They actually answer you to me. I don't I don't try to bother them because that's uh, oh, okay. you know that's what you're for you uh, you bother them yeah. and then I just go along for the ride but. Uh, <laughs> but they do seem so nice and accessible and i'm sure that you know anybody who is a fan of these acts you're going to get the chance to to see them up close and personal interact uh you know say hello and and really understand what they are like as people not just as rock
6: stars absolutely and the the level of talent that that really is coming out is uh has been increasing for years i mean i know everybody's kind of amazed that the at the show that they see for the, mon- the amount of money they pay for a ticket and and uh, and have the ability to, uh, to actually show up and get to meet them all. So. all right. And we have one of those rock stars with us on the line right now. Sted Howland is on the line. Good evening, Sted.
3: How are you?
2: <laughs> How's it going? Well, that was the quickest ever. I just barely got on. How are you?
3: <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. We're, we're very excited for this uh, big show coming up next Saturday in Onset.
2: And, and, and uh, I can't tell you. I'm very excited, too. It's a, it's a big coming home for me.
3: I was going to say, you know the area pretty well. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great place to play right there on the water.
2: Yeah, I've been playing there off and on since 82 it was the first time when I was a kid. That's when we started, and uh, I'm, I'm in love with Onset. I have a little house there still.
3: And now you've been in cahoots with this guy across the uh, board from me here for a long time, Wayne Morrison.
2: Oh, the handsome one? I love that guy. Yes, I have. <laughs> he's uh, he's one of my dearest friends ever and uh, just one wonderful guy, and we, we do a lot of good things together. Now and when we were kids we did bad things together, I think, which is why we want to do good things together now. We, wing, yeah, we've been up it. making
6: up for it ever since, haven't we? <laughs> I I think we still got a few years to go too.
2: I think we've all, I think a good's outweighed the bad uh, after all this though.
6: Yeah, absolutely. And Stet's actually the co founder. He and I did the first Rock for Christmas together. Um right here in New Bedford, actually.
3: I say you did it here in the in the city, right? Yeah. And and just to see Stat how it's grown from that first year to now sixteen years later, I mean it must be amazing for you. You know you're used to seeing big crowds. You know touring with Wasp and playing with all these great acts, and but for you to see the amount of people that are coming out, not just to see a show but to support needy families,
2: I think it's great. Yeah, and and uh, been having you know Wayne's got it down to a science now. It's really uh, you know it's it's well organized and it's just well done, and we have a great time every time too. You know, but it, yeah, it always feels good to hear about. He gives me the stats. I usually fly in and do the shows and stuff, and then I'll go home, and he'll tell me how it went, you know? And, so, I, and, and it's always a good story, you know? And he gets the, to wear the Santa Claus suit and stuff. It's, I don't yeah. know how fair that is.
6: <laughs> a far cry from when we started, huh? That we used to have to beg local bands to come play.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's cool. Yeah, we got, we got a... It's, it's a cool thing now, man. And it's a good... It's always a good time, and... uh Yeah, it's really... I think it's a good show. I mean jeez, I'm looking forward to Saturday. This is going to be crazy.
3: Well, you know, you always hear people talk about, like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. They say the right. best part of the show is when everybody gets together and kind of just jams and hangs out and plays together at the end of the show, and that's kind of what, like, these Rock for Christmas shows are. It's a bunch of, of rock stars who are really just enjoying each other's company and, and really letting loose and just having fun. It's not, it's not so much being worried about, you know, stepping on anybody's egos because everybody's coming into this with no ego at all.
2: Well, anyone that comes in to do this has, a, you know, has the right attitude. You know, we don't even, uh, we don't have problems like that. Anyone coming in is pretty much willing to do anything, and any, everybody's willing to go on before or after anybody else. I mean, it's it's just really kind of cool. And uh, yeah, we've had some we've had some great shows, and it's I mean, as loose as it, as it is in one way, it's always well organized. There's rehearsals prior, and we always know what we're going to do. The production of the show is professional. But the, uh, the spirit of it all is, you know, you, you don't always know exactly who's, who's pairing up with who uh, until everybody gets there, you know, sometimes. <laughs> you just got to
3: make sure, though, that every song has an extended bass solo in it, right?
2: Yeah, well, yeah, for Wayne. <laughs> yeah, and I do know that sometimes, you know, I'll go, so what am I doing? He you well, you're going to play this or this guy, and then that, or that guy. I'm like, Awesome. And I, like, as I'm getting on the plane, he goes, Hey, yeah, you know, by the way, so, so just backed out. You know, learn these seven songs. I'm like, Yeah.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you get to your computer and download these seven, please?
2: Yeah, you know, it's a come in. It's easy for you. It's, it's, it's only like a three hour flight, right? You, I just get back in the country 15 minutes ago after like 40 dates, and then we got to learn songs. It's like, You've got to be kidding me. But we always, we always had fun, and uh, always you know, had opportunities playing with cool people that I never probably would have if we weren't all bonding together to do this. And uh, it's funny when you see people down the road, because we, uh, my band 10,000 Views, did some shows, uh, a show recently with Great White and Terry, uh, you know, we see each other Mm -hmm. doing the Rock for Christmas events. And then we bump into each other backstage, and he's like, you know, he's like, what the hell are you doing here? I'm like, what are you doing in Florida?
3: It's, it, see, that's why you got to do what I do. I just follow everybody on Facebook. I can see where everybody is. I was telling Wayne, you know, it's, it's amazing to me the, the uh, level of interaction that yourself and Terry you have with your fans on Facebook, and, and I have a feeling that after Saturday you're going to have a whole bunch more friends.
1: On Yeah, on.
2: it's funny because people, not everybody's Facebook friendly, but it's, for me I have a great time with it. It's a great tool. And when we, when we reach out on Facebook and tell people we need you to come out into a show, they come out. I mean, our last show we played in, in Fort Myers last, last Saturday night was insane. And I, was, I just said, hey, everybody, this is the last time we're going to be around for at least a few weeks. Come on out. And that was the difference right there. The place was a zoo, and it was the Facebook connection that made the difference. So, sure. you know, it's, 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 a, it's fun in one sense, but it's a tool in the other. And, and you're right. It's, it's, watch, it's fun watching the electricity, you know, when people post stuff.
3: Now, how's things going with the new band? Are you guys playing uh, a lot of cool new stuff?
2: Yeah, we're fab. We're great. We're actually in Nantucket right now. Oh, nice. And we have we played last night. We're playing again tonight. It's in, it's beautiful out here. We're having a great time. We had a great a great show last night. Everything's great. We just finished our first CD, which I have with us. Um, everything is is just wonderful. You know, we've been uh, the band's about You know, we've been, I've been in the band about a year, and we uh, we worked our way up the ladder in our area, and now we do all the the bigger shows. We support all the bigger shows when they come through. And now we're branching out on our own a little bit. And um, we got about eight, eight, seven or eight dates on this little run. And uh, last night was the first one. It was fabulous. And tonight looks like it's going to be better. Uh, heading up to Vermont on Monday and, and whatnot. But the big reason we we're here, and it, it was uh, Wayne. Wayne's show.
1: Sure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, our show. It's the whole reason we came up. And then other stuff started falling in. And when someone said, want to come to Nantucket the week before? I thought to myself, that'll make Wayne happy because we'll all be definitely <laughs> here. You know what I mean?
3: yeah make sure the band the entire band shows up and the good thing yeah. for you is it means you don't have to spend the entire week with Wayne
2: right <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it yeah, and uh perfect. yeah so we uh we're all happy I'm, I'm I'm sitting here looking at my band right now we just got we uh the guy Pat, uh, the promoter guy that took us out here just fed us and we're uh standing on the street corner I'm just I figured I'd keep him hand in case anyone wants to say hi to them yeah. and uh well, not know
3: and you're going to have CDs, T-shirts, all that kind of swag with you uh, for, the, for the concert?
2: Yeah, we got uh, T-shirts and CDs and posters. It's a new thing, posters. I just started printing them Nice. 100 years ago, but we love them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it so- sounds like it's going to be a phenomenal show, and, uh, and everybody can head out there. Uh, we- we've got a big listenership out that way. So uh, where-, where is the venue in Nantucket tonight? Uh,
2: we're at the Bamboo Club, right next to the chicken box, same parking lot. And it's uh, absolute gas. I don't know. It's probably a 200 to 220 seat club. And uh, we had a place hopping last night. It's really cool. And uh, yeah, it's a bamboo club. It's right next to uh, the chicken box, same parking lot. He's and we're actually okay. talking to the chicken box about the next trip. He's we're, stu- t- we're over there today. And uh, I love Nantucket. Very fun.
4: Uh, who's Who are the other people in your band?
2: Timmy uh, Johnston is. Uh, our lead guitar player, songwriter, singer, and Pat Natal is our bass player, and uh, he's the he's the handsome one in the band. <laughs> and um, we're all we're all standing around right here, getting excited, uh, thinking about tonight.
3: Well, it's it's going to be pretty uh, pretty exciting to see you guys up here uh, on Saturday. Again, the show is from ten to four. Uh, is the entire day's events of Rock for Christmas in July, and then stick around because the fireworks will be after that. Are you going to get a chance to see the fireworks, too, or are you playing, playing again that night?
2: Uh, well, actually, Wayne uh, handled the whole thing, and, uh, and um, basically we're going to do the sh- show in the afternoon, um, eat lobster in the, in the, in the uh, afternoon after the show, and then we're going to watch fireworks, and then we're playing down the street um, in Buzzards Bay, a little place called the Buzzards Bay Tavern. Oh, great we, place. We'll be doing a show there like, 10 o'clock. And uh, we can't wait to see the lines out the door of that place. This is going to be awesome.
1: Beautiful.
2: <laughs> I hope the guy's not listening right now. Cause just... <laughs> it's going to be fun.
6: Did you stroll in there yet,
2: Stet? No, we drove by. Uh, we drove by, uh, and, and the drive, it was great. It was For great. anybody,
6: we're, we're giggling here because this is not the normal venue that we would have, Stet.
2: In. Well, it's just a smaller place, and oh. we were looking for something that night nearby the the concert, and it's fine. I just think it's it's going to be a great time, and uh, I just can't. I, I don't know. I can't wait to see what happens. It's, well, clo- it's yeah.
3: close enough; you can walk there, can't you? You guys, <laughs> yeah. you guys are in the music business. You know the term is intimate. Oh yeah, it's it's a, intimate it's show. Right. It's an intimate setting. Yes.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I don't mind the uh, the intimate setting; is okay. Um, uh, you know I, what? I, I just I think it's going to be a zoo. I think it'd be a. a I mean, I'm just assuming that you're going to have four or five hundred people that want to squeeze into a place that holds a quarter of that. So I can't. Mm. You know, I don't know. Well, I that, can't wait.
3: <laughs> Set up everything in the parking lot. That's. that's yeah. All well, do.
2: you know, I, we don't really know what uh, what, what the heck's going to happen, but I know it's going to be a fun time. And a, a bunch. Of, excuse me. A bunch of my friends are coming out, and um, that's all that matters to me. We're going to have a nice day doing a good thing in the daytime. We'll do a little rock show at night again. And then um, we're off to Connecticut for our final show, and then uh, back to Florida.
3: Nice, and, and everybody can follow along. You guys have a website for the band?
2: Yes, ten thousand viewscom and we're all over Facebook. It's, and okay. We're uh, quite easy to find, and oh, quite cool. excited about the new CD. Everything's going quite well. You know, we've been uh, we got a lot of uh, I've been getting offers uh, as, as we're out here. It's weird things been happening. Every time you do something, more things happen. If you sit around home waiting for things to happen, nothing happens. Sure, right. Get active, things happen. And I got friends like Wayne that help me deal with things when they happen, you know. He's a master negotiator. Hmm. And uh, I consider myself pretty fortunate at the moment. Looking well, forward to my Saturday gig.
6: Well, we feel pretty fortunate to have you coming to play with us, too, Stu.
2: Oh, buddy. And
6: thank you so good much. To see
2: you. And thank you for what you did the other day, dropping, going out of your way to help me.
6: Yeah, no that's what we do, brother.
2: Racing CDs to me. All right. You're a good man. He um is. Well yeah, I'm uh, Saturday, onset man show, rock and roll. It's gonna be an amazing time. I just don't know what else to say. Well go, all go go.
3: We'll all share some memories of the Raven before the night is over.
2: <laughs> oh, and I love that place. We Rest had in fun peace there, huh?
4: I miss it. I miss it so much.
3: We actually we have a guest here in the studio with us, a, a good friend of ours, who's a, a fellow paranormal investigator uh, who actually met Moniz there years ago before he even awesome. knew him through our show. So Awesome. Yeah, Dave's a big on, 10, 10, raven guy, too. I'll wear the sweatshirt. If it gets a little chilly, I'll pull on the old sweatshirt. <laughs> All right. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us. We'll let you get ready for the show. All right. Have a great, great show tonight, and we will see you on Saturday.
2: All right, I'll see you all Saturday. Thanks, uh, All right,
3: mate. Sted Howland joining us here on Spooky South Coast. Uh, and should we take a break and, and get ready to speak with uh, Terry? Or Sure. All right, we will do that. Uh, in the meantime, while we are doing that, feel free, go to the Rock for Christmas website, rock4xmas.com. That's rock4xmas.com. Find out more about the events that they're put on every year. Uh, find out more about some of the past guests. Anything coming together for the holiday season yet, or you're not even worrying well, yeah, about that well, yet?
6: Well, I've, I've been trying to put some things into place. And one thing I would ask, too, if, you, if you're if you taking the time to go to the website, please go to the sponsor page and see all the people that uh, that continuously help out the foundation. And, and, you know, really without the sponsors that have helped me grow to this uh, – to be able to do these events and without the volunteers, without people like you guys here talking about it. I mean, it's really a community-minded thing that if, if everybody doesn't get involved or, or everybody that does get involved is what makes it flourish and makes it happen and, and become the, the cool thing that it is. Sure.
4: Well, if you're talking about sponsors, you don't have to be in the rock and roll industry to help sponsor, correct? Any, any business that wants
6: to help sponsor, sure. you can do so through your website. Absolutely anything—a a raffle item, or you know, you want to volunteer a couple of hours, or you want to, you know, donate some food or or, or gifts, or. And we you know, should—you I mean,
3: mentioned the raffle. We should mention too: you're going to be having a raffle on Saturday.
6: Yeah, we're going to have some autographed guitars, and wow. um, there's some beer swag and and T-shirts, and there's there's a lot of little items that'll that'll go. Some o- other autographed pictures and from some of my other rock star friends. So. There's, there's some cool little things that uh, that you can go home with, and I've I've bought many raffle tickets at Rock for
3: Christmas shows. There's a ton of great prizes all the time, and everybody's a winner just for making a donation and, and helping out with the needy families. Now,
4: Absolutely. is there a PayPal on your site that people can make a cash donation to there if they is. wish to? There okay,
3: yeah, no need, no need to wait for the holidays
6: anymore to support Rock for Christmas.
3: What is, what, what are you
6: doing, Matt? You're, you're typing in the address right now to make a donation. Yeah. That a boy. He, does,
3: he doesn't know how to work websites on that thing <laughs> I have to load it up for him alright why don't we take a break when we come back we'll be joined by Terry Alusa a good friend of Rock for Christmas and a good friend of this program as well a great friend of Rock for Christmas Absolutely. Say, He's, and a good friend of this show and uh, we'll be right back in just a few minutes with more here on Spooky South Coast
1: hello
5: hey man what? you up Hello? Wake up, I need to talk to you. I think your house is haunted.
1: Hey, come on, it's 2.30 in the morning.
5: I can't sleep in here, man. I'm
1: scared.
3: Alright, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with science advisor Matt Moniz. As well as Dave Francis, our co-host, sitting in with us. And we have Wayne Morrison of the Rock for Christmas Foundation with us as well. And uh, we are definitely rocking out here to the late, great Michael Jackson. We just passed the anniversary of his death, so, you know, on this show, there is no death. Only a change in perception.
4: And address. Yep.
3: Yeah. So, Dave, anytime you want to go uh, hunt for the ghosts of Michael Jackson, you know, we're game. I'll even I'll even let him touch me. I'm not afraid. I'll even let other ghosts touch me, so...
0: I don't know. It, that moonwalk thing never did it for me. Man. Really? I, I would be out of there <laughs> to see <him>. anything <laughs> moonwalking in front of me. It's the ghost like-
6: of Michael came to to moonwalk in front of you. That's it. You're done. I'm done.
0: I'm, I, I've seen everything I need to see. <laughs> You know what's I'll, funny I'll about that, stamp too? collecting or something.
3: <laughs> as, if, as if everybody in the room saw that and they're like, I just saw a white figure appear before me. They're like, oh, that's definitely Michael yeah. Jackson. <laughs> He's not a shadow
1: person. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. All
3: right, so we are talking, of course, about the Rock for Christmas in July event, Saturday, July 7th, the Onset band shell. It's a free show. You can't beat the price.
6: I never thought you could. <laughs> and I, it's You know, even, even when we get... Ten or twelve dollars at the door. I don't think that's you, true. you can beat the price for the show that you get.
3: The, the The shows that you put on are amazing for the for the little bit of money that you ask for for the ticket prices. And and I've never heard anybody uh, leave one of these shows and and say that they didn't get three or four times their money's worth. You know, it's one thing. So to I can go up on worth. the price then. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's you're you're very aware of that though because.
6: You that's come how, from this. how that's how we go about mm. trying to set these things up. I, I want it to be affordable for everybody to come and
3: You come from this area. You know what it's like in this area when people well, are strapped for cash at Christmas time. There's also the
4: option of uh creating like VIP type of tickets too, where people get to go backstage and hang out and meet and greet the uh the people too. Yeah, if you wanted to do some of that stuff too, for sure. Make them very limited, so you know, like only twenty of them available and make them See, the, For a $100 donation, so to speak, you get to go back and have dinner or whatever. I'm happy to
6: do that.
3: The problem with that, though, is usually you've got Moniz poking around back there. So that hey, means people are these people sometimes. I was say, me. people might pay $100 not to have to see them over <laughs> right. they're there. You, see, you feel the love on this show, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I know. Does it come across on <laughs> radio when you're listening in the chat room? Does it come across as... It's not as warm and fuzzy, yeah. not at all. No. see. This, I, so you got to be here. I could
0: cut this with a knife right now. <laughs>
1: He,
3: he's like, oh, I thought you guys really liked each other and just pretending to hate each other. No, we can't stand each other. Yeah. Any of us. No. They've, got bricks. Of They've
0: got bricks. and stuff stacked under there. They're just really good. They haven't started throwing. Them.
3: <laughs> but uh, and, and Dave, the show's not over. <laughs> Dave, you're a big rock fan, though. I mean, to 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 be somebody who listened to these bands for years and listened to Wasp and X Y Z. You know, you were saying this off the air. You know, it's it's so cool to be able to see them. Still coming around, still playing in such a small, intimate show as this, and to also you know be able to have them all in the same bill—that's just amazing.
0: Oh, exactly. I really wished I'd have made it last year, where we were talking before um, you came in, Wayne, and it was um, Corey Glover had played last Christmas.
6: Stad actually backed Corey Glover up last year, and I
0: really wanted to get to that show. I mean, that's because Living Color was huge. That mm. tape was actually. I'm getting a chill again, tape too, tape thinking up, about so it, it, too. <laughs> of course,
6: now you, you was, can't
3: get him because now he's blown up with CM Punk taking his song now. <laughs> yeah, right.
6: <laughs> but I was uh, extremely fortunate to play with my buddies um, Craig Golding, mm-hmm. Simon Wright, and Scott Warren, all from D.O. And actually, um, Simon played in ACDC for a number of years, too. So, And I got to perform with them and do all the D.O. hits and Black Sabbath hits, so that was really...
3: And, and we talked about this in November, but, you know, and that means something to you as well because you had a personal relationship with Ronnie James. Yeah, even.
6: Ronnie was a great friend of mine and a great friend to rock for Christmas as well, which you can see some of the uh, commercials on the website of, of him as well. So
3: Now, I know from talking to you over the years, you know, your preparation for the holiday show starts pretty much the day after all the holiday
6: shows from that year are wrapped up yeah you know, we kind of started things actually in December talking <laughs> yeah. talking about who's going to come back and what are we going to do and
3: so now, when you're throwing in this extra added pressure of putting on this summertime show, i mean it it must be a huge sacrifice on you for the time that you're putting into
6: that December show. but do you feel like I was telling Matt earlier, I need my head examined you may right, but there's issues yeah
3: we we all knew that though <laughs> but uh <laughs> But now the the good part about this is you're getting some people who might not be down in this area year round, you know, who well, are coming here for the summer.
6: People coming to their vacation homes that they might be in another part of the country and say, "Oh well, I didn't know you went over there to do this. Mm-hmm. Or, really, you're going to come to my hometown? Yeah, and we got a, we got a nice place for you to play out here, and you know, exactly wherever. And that that's a big part of the promotion is is in hopes that we garner some new. Uh, New fans of Rock for Christmas. I would say even if
3: they don't lead to a show being happening somewhere, maybe they spread the word and you get some donations from their hometowns. Exactly.
6: Sort of. That that's that's my hope, anyhow. And and for the guys that play, mm-hmm. maybe they'll see Joey playing with Badfinger somewhere or Step playing somewhere, and they'll be like, "Wow, they were great at Rock for Christmas, and I want to go see them." It's I really, you know, this is probably the most selfless expression that i can that i can have is by doing these shows and bringing people together to try to help the community help support local music help support live music you know it's, it's so you it's would important.
4: definitely entertain uh people's offers if they were able to provide a venue in their geographical area in that time frame
6: Absolutely. I, I mean, as you know, we, we talk about this all the time. It's, it's getting the money for the transportation mm-hmm. and making sure there's sponsors for hotels. And, right. And so if a local. The, the show group part is easy. I can bring it anywhere. It's the logistics that cost the money to make right. this happen. The
3: show is kind of uh, its own self contained entity at this point, more or less, because Absolutely. you've been doing it for so right. long.
6: Yeah, and everybody loves to come play. It's, it's, you know, it's one of the most selfless things that they can do. They're like, Wayne, if you get me a ticket and got some a bed for me, <laughs> I'm coming. So and,
4: basically, a, a local chamber of commerce can call you and say, "Can you have this come to our town?" And
6: and I would love for that because to,
4: to, <laughs> most chamber of commercers or, or uh, things like that can probably talk to their local, you know, hotels and
1: sure. other venues where they play at. Yeah, so. that
6: would be a big part of of helping us come together and play more cities in the fall
3: now you so. mentioned local music and i think that's something that we should also mention is in these shows it's not as much as you bring together a great lineup of of rock and roll all-stars you also like to feature some local bands on the bill as well so when you go to these different cities and towns you're featuring some of the local music from that area as well absolutely and it's a good chance to not only uh give a, a, a different stage to those acts, who some people are coming out to see Eddie Money or Terry Luce or Seth Holland, and they're seeing all these other local bands. But at the same time, I mean, those local bands must be worshipping <laughs> at the feet of some of these stars.
6: Well, there are a lot of great local acts, too. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't really look at it like they need to worship anybody or anything, but because they want to loan their services, too. They sure. want to give back. And I think that's that's a, been a big part of... Um, Rock for Christmas growth has been a lot of these stars as great as they are they're not the John Bon Jovi's and the Mick Jaggers and they don't get asked every day to do something and and we all want to give back because things are are okay. Yeah these
4: stars started as local guys at one point.
6: Absolutely. And and I, I would
3: bet a good number of them will tell you they'd rather play you know for the Rock for Christmas crowd than they would for some of the you know, disaffected shows that they play some other places. And
6: while I love them all and they're my friends, I've been known to get a little on edge sometimes and remind them where they came from. <laughs> <laughs> You're
3: like, Hey, listen, only not- once or twice, yeah. but
6: well, well, you got to do it. You got to do it. You now, pick your moments when you can get away with it, <laughs>
3: <laughs> but everybody that I've ever seen, you know, come into these, and I've been to some of the rehearsals and everything. It's just it's it's infectious that spirit of why you're doing this, and you know, you bring everybody in, and you're saying, "Hey, come on, guys, we're doing this for the families." And then you know, then Stet starts saying it, and then Joey will start saying it, Terry will start saying it. You know, it just becomes just the mantra for everybody. Well, that's involved.
6: and that really is the reason they're all in town. Mm-hmm. They they want to give back and they want, you know, f- I'm, I feel so fortunate that it's my home community that we're, we're doing something in now. You know? So, when, we,
3: when you go forward now and when you're thinking about the rest of your year, now you can plan on Rock for Christmas shows in the holiday season and hopefully if this goes well, we can get Wayne to keep putting on a Rock for Christmas in July every year as well too.
6: I would love to be able to do that. It's-
3: of course, the problem with doing that is you have to not be totally burnt out from the holiday season either (laughs) because you started working on this show pretty much when that one was over
6: yeah yeah i took a few weeks off and then
3: well you do always take take the time to go out and and spread the rock for christmas word like out at nam and everything too
6: i do and right after this i'm going to summer nam in nashville so wow To meet with some of the sponsors and I feel very fortunate with that too I have some of the sponsors from New York and some people from Pennsylvania and Connecticut are all coming to this performance so uh, actually some people are flying in from California my sister is actually one of those people coming from California nice but uh yeah it's a lot of really cool things happen around rock for Christmas so
3: and it's and it turns into a family if it's not your family that's coming in, the people that are coming in, it turns into a family.
6: It it, it gives me that that feeling every every and it's time. It's not the just family. the
3: performers either; it's the people that attend the shows. I mean, you're going to come and hang out with people out in front of the onset bandshell that you're going to see in the fall. I mean, I'm sorry, in the wintertime at, at the holiday show, and you know, and next thing you know, you know, they're going to become good friends, and you're going to be going all kinds of shows together because that's just the spirit that goes through the whole crowd. Will people be able
4: to get? you know paid to have autographs done with uh some of these people
6: yeah i don't even know that they're gonna have to pay i mean we would love well, to have let's somebody. call it a donation yeah yeah they'll they'll be around and available and there's going to be a bunch of merchandise i mean i have everything from pinwheels and flags and you know hats with uh with the flag on them and and uh for the holiday stuff as well as Rock for Christmas in July T-shirts. I have some leftover T-shirts that'll be on a, a, a great special, <laughs> you know, there to to um, to help generate some money. We're going to be doing the raffles and and uh, you know, just want everybody to come support. Maybe. You'll even have some buckets out that people
3: can drop a few dollars into. Absolutely. And it's important to note that, of course, this is going to be a whole day of events. Rock for Christmas in July will be starting at ten a.m. With the cars, motorcycles, and guitar show, and then it'll be going. The concert itself will be going all the way till four. Then the fireworks are at nine o'clock. So it's important to let everybody know that if you want to donate to Rock for Christmas, make sure that you do that during the time of the show, because then after that, there's going to be some donation buckets out for the fireworks fund. So we want to make sure that you know you know which one you're donating to. That's that's all. You should donate to both.
6: Absolutely, and I'm going to have uh, a bunch of. Um Soft drinks and waters and stuff and all that money will go to the Rock for Christmas Foundation as well.
3: So. And this will help you, you know, moving forward too uh, in putting on a great show uh, in, during the holiday season. So. Absolutely. So uh, definitely come and check it out. It is at the Onset Band Shell, and really, like if you've never been to the Onset Band Shell and you're from this area,
4: great place to hear bands.
3: Yeah, you don't know what you're missing if you haven't been there before because. It's it's a cool spot. It's wide open. You're right there on the water. You're going to get a nice sea breeze, and you're going to be down in downtown Onset. You're going to be down there early. You're going to get a good spot <laughs> before they
6: make everybody not be able to park down there. Premium parking spots for the fireworks. You
3: know, that's that's the way to make money for Rock for Christmas is to, to find somebody that owns a lot or something down there, and you can charge for parking because you could get Red Sox, Yankees ticket prices, you know, when, when they charge $95 <laughs> just to park. You guys might be able to
6: get away with that down there for uh, for the you, fireworks. You come across like such a shyster. Why would you say something like that, Timothy? I didn't say you had to do it in the name of Rock for Christmas. Oh, okay. I'm just saying this. How the, about you do that? The four you, of us could do. How, why don't you do that and then make a donation to Rock for Christmas?
3: If 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 I did that, people would know why I was collecting the money. They'll be like, I know why you're collecting ninety five dollars <laughs> a parking ticket. Uh, I mean, Dave listens in on the uh the wednesday show that i do on the website where i'm asking everybody to send me the i'm like i just spent 10 bucks to join skype premium somebody donate 10 bucks <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: i get a hand it to him after the show i'm gonna take it right out of the pocket yeah he does he he threatened me cause yeah he right there. it's i tell him i
3: said hey you want to get into this place 10 bucks yeah. admission fee
6: very happy that this is a free performance too though and everybody can come out with their families and that's
3: what's and, been the most amazing to me is that you've been able to put on a show synonymous with the quality of rock for Christmas, and made it a free show.
0: You know what I think too is it's great. You got the reminder in July because at Christmas time, yeah, it is kind of in your face. A lot of people are having hard times, and not just you guys with your charity, but it's out there. Sure. Everybody's having a hard time, right? And, well, it make it a little easier in your face, especially in July too, where everybody's on sun, they're thinking summer. The kids are off for the summer, right? Everybody's on vacation. They just tough times th- don't go away year round.
6: Absolutely. That's that's a
1: fact.
3: All right. Well, we are coming up on the end of the program. We should be back at our regular time uh, next Saturday night, which means that we'll have plenty of time to go hang out at Rock for Christmas in July. Uh, Again, Saturday, July 7th. From ten to four at the onset Band Show. we've got from ten to twelve the car guitar and motorcycle show. Uh, there's going to be some acoustic music, and then from twelve to four the big show starts. Joey Mullen of Badfinger, Terry Aluse of X Y Z, and Great White. Stet Howland of Wasp, Wayne Morrison of the Rock for Christmas All Stars with his entire all star band will be there. And uh, you know, you know, it's good when you know. You, not only are you playing in front of your hometown crowd, but you're playing in front of Stet's hometown crowd, more or less. You know, you're playing in front of people that. Know you and love you and support you, and also support your foundation. So you know that uh, your efforts
6: are going to be doubly appreciated. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be home. And one other thing, if they'll go to the Word Rock, the number four XMAS.com, check out who the sponsors are and absolutely details for the show. But um, and don't
3: just check them out. Become a sponsor. Become a sponsor or or frequent the sponsors. You know, give them your business. Absolutely, help them support Rock for Christmas. All right. Well, that thanks does it. So much for having me. Hey, on. Hey, thanks today. for coming. And thanks for all the work that you do. Thank you. All right. We will be back next week after Rock for uh, We may be worn out. From all that rocking all day. But we will be here uh, to talk about the paranormal as we do each and every Saturday night. Remember, if you missed the show, you can download previous episodes through iTunes or on our website. You can also watch the video from Spooky TV on YouTube. And don't forget, Spooky TV has a lineup of great shows all week long. Tuesday nights, we have Spirit Connections with Tiffany Rice at 8 o'clock. And Wednesday nights at 10 o'clock, we have Spooky Crossroads hosted by Chris Balzano. And uh, he usually drags me in there as well. No Spooky Crossroads this week, though, for the holiday. So I think you know, Dave. If you're going to go be visiting Chris, that maybe you guys should do like a backyard podcast version of Spooky Crossroads. I
0: really have to kiss my wife's butt. I mean, she was she's got all four kids tonight, so and and to be able to come down here and kind of be like in the the Zen center of my Saturday night universe.
3: Now that you know where we are, <laughs> and it's probably easier to sneak out after eight o'clock. So you're welcome back anytime.
0: Tiptoe to the tulips, as we say.
3: That's the my- the door is always <laughs> open, but it's not really. It's locked. So knock on the window. <laughs> All right, that does it for this week's show. We hope to see everybody Saturday at Rock for Christmas in July, and then we will talk to you Saturday night. Coming up here on WBSM, uh, there'll be a little bit of network programming until nine twenty-five when the Red Sox come on, and uh, it'll be the Red Sox in Seattle uh, that'll be carrying you through for the rest of the night, and then you know Turnabout's Fair Play. We will shift them to a different time next Saturday. No, doesn't work. Okay, all right, but uh, we will be back next Saturday. So. We look forward to talking to you then. Until then, for Matt Moniz, for Matt Costa, for Chris Balzano, for Dave Francis, for Wayne Morrison, I'm Tim Weisberg, and we want you all to stay spooked
1: First, with local news.